Hello and welcome to Chaplain's Word of the Day. I'm Chaplain Otis Corbett and I invite you to come along with me as we explore God's Word so that we can be inspired, challenged, and comforted together. Hello, I'm Otis Corbett and today I want to share a word about regrets as I comment on the 51st Psalm. This Psalm reads, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then I will teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else I would give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then thou shalt be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering, and the whole burnt offering. Then shall they offer bullocks upon thine altar." Now, we all have things we regret, like Ralph and his wife, Linda. See, every year, Ralph and Linda went to the state fair. And every year at the state fair, there was an airplane there that the pilot would take up tourists in to have an airplane flight around the town. But the problem was, those flights cost $10. Every year, Linda would ask Ralph, Ralph, I want to take a flight in that airplane. And every year, Ralph would say, I know, Linda, but that airplane ride costs $10, and $10 is $10. Then when Linda was 71 years old, she laid down an ultimatum to Ralph. She said, Ralph, I am 71 years old, and if I don't fly in the airplane this year, I may not get another chance. And of course, Ralph replied in the same way, Linda, $10 is $10. Well, the pilot overheard their discussion. Really, it was their argument. And he said to them this. He said, folks, I'll make you a deal. If I'll take you both up for a ride. And if you can stay quiet for the whole trip and not say a single word, I won't charge you. But if you say one word, it'll be $10. So Ralph and Linda agreed and up they went. 
So the pilot then does all kinds of twists and turns and rolls and dives, and he did everything he could to cause there to be an outburst from Ralph or Linda. He does his tricks over and over again, but still not a word. They finally land, and when they did, the pilot turned to Linda and said this. He said, you know, by golly, I did everything I could to get you to yell out, but you didn't utter a single peep. Then Linda says, well, I was going to say something when Ralph fell out, but $10 is $10. So Ralph had some regrets at that point, I suspect, and maybe Linda did too. Now, when we come to Psalm 51, we come to a more serious subject, and that is when David committed his sin with Bathsheba. You know the story of David uh, committing adultery or uh, a sexual assault uh, on Bathsheba and then conspiring later to, to kill her righteous husband, Uriah. And afterwards, he had a lot of regrets. And that is what he wrote about in the 51st Psalm. So uh, let's learn from his sad experiences. The first thing we see is when we sin, we lose our purity of heart. We see this in verses 1 and 2 and also in verses 7 and 10. Now, let me make it clear. In Christ, we are pure in our position. We are uh, seen through the filter of the blood of Christ. God does not see our sin. He only sees the blood of Jesus laid upon us, that pure 100% perfect sacrifice of all times. It's like a, a legal fiction. Uh, we say something is true when it really isn't, but the law says it's true, and so it is true. And so we are pure in our position with Christ before the Lord. And when we are in a completely, perfectly right relationship with God, we feel a, a purity of heart. But when we sin, <laughs> we lose that feeling of cleanliness. Verse 1, David says, blot out my transgressions, my sin. Verses 2 and 7, he says, cleanse me. I feel dirty. Wash me. Purge me, create in me a clean heart. The thing is, when we're in Christ, all those things are already done. We have a pure heart. We have a pure life. We have been cleansed of our sin. But when we sin after that point, we don't feel clean. We don't feel forgiven. We feel dirty. And so when we sin, we lose the feeling of the purity of heart that we actually have. We also, when we sin, we lose divine fellowship. We have a purpose to exist, and that is to fellowship with God and with God's people. And sin comes between us and God, and sin comes between us and God's people. We see that from the very beginning of the scriptures when uh, Adam and Eve uh, sinned and, and there was a broke, uh, broken fellowship with God. And we see that with Cain and Abel as Cain and Abel had a conflict. Actually, Cain had a conflict with Abel and was jealous of him. And uh, then there was a broken fellowship that resulted in the death of Abel. 
So why do we lose this fellowship with God? Because God is perfect. He cannot abide imperfection. That's why on the cross, Jesus said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Because God could not look upon the sin uh, of humanity that Jesus had brought upon himself on the cross. So the question is, is this sense of of being dirty, of not having a pure heart, if this uh, broken salvation, or excuse me, broken fellowship that we have with God, permanent or temporary? Well, outside of Christ, that broken fellowship is permanent. Outside of Christ, that feeling of being dirty and, and, and needing a clean heart is permanent. But inside our relationship with Christ, those things are temporary until they are confessed. We know in 1 John 1, 9 that, that, that John said, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so God cleanses us. So in our sin, after we become a Christian, we lose that feeling of purity of heart. We, we lose that fellowship relationship on a temporary basis. And we also lose the joy of our salvation. Our salvation is a joyous experience. It's like that blind man who says, I don't know. Once I could not see, but now I can. Once I was blind, but now I could see. Or the, the man who could, could walk. I was crippled, but now I can, I can walk. I can carry my pallet. I can do everything that a normal, normally healthy person can do. And salvation, the experience of salvation, is a joyous experience in that same way. Uh, it's a joyous experience for God. It's a joyous experience for the angels in heaven. It's a joyous experience for the believer. Again, it's like that shepherd that goes out and finds that lost sheep. The 99 are safe, but let's go find that lost one. And when we do, we can rejoice over it. Or when the prodigal son comes home, how the father has a feast. He kills the fatted calf. But when we sin, we lose that joy. We experience anew the sorrow of sin. We experience the human consequences of sin. We grieve the Holy Spirit, which grieves our spirit. We feel guilty and estranged from God. There's a, a question that the old preacher said. He said, if you feel distance from God, guess who moved? God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. But if we have felt distant from God, it's because we left him, not because he left us. We're like the prodigal son. The father didn't leave home. The son did. Another thing that happens is when we sin, we lose the power of our witness. See, Jesus said we're going to be witnesses for him from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria to the uttermost parts of the world. The thing is, the question is, what kind of witnesses will we be? Our personal testimony and our personal witness are the most powerful tools that we have to share the gospel. We are, according to Jesus, like cities set upon a hill. We're the only Bible that some people will ever read. And if we sin openly, we inhibit and defeat our witness. Basically what David said, make me right again so that I can witness for you. 
Mahatma Gandhi is quoted as saying that uh, he had a great respect for the teachings of Jesus and uh, he might have become a Christian had he not known so many. That may be an apocryphal saying, but it's a true saying in terms of our effect uh, of our witness uh, when we sin. You might know people who have that, uh, that fish sign on the back of their car designating the fact that they are Christian. The early Christians used the fish sign, a sign of a fish, to uh, as a secret sort of uh, password or code that would share with other people that they were Christians. I don't have one of those on the back of my car because I'm not a good enough driver. I'm a good driver. I'm just not, <laughs> I'm not always uh, a driver that, uh, that obeys all the traffic laws as I should. I would hate for my witness in my car to be a poor witness on Christ. Of course, I need to do better at obeying all the traffic laws then, don't I? Another thing that happens when we sin is we lose the desire to worship. Verses 14 and 16 tell us that. See, the nature of worship is both intimate and public. It's both convicting and confronting. And when we're in sin, it's too close for comfort. When we come to church and try to worship God, but we are living in a sinful situation, then it's very, very difficult for us. It's very uncomfortable for us. James Dobson uh, tells the, the story of how when you are in uh, uh, the water swimming and you've got a beach ball out there in front of you, as you try to get closer to it, it drives it away. And, and in some ways, that's the way it is with God. As he tries to get close to us, our sin causes us to feel uncomfortable and we get driven away from God. It's not our fault. I mean, it's not God's fault. It's our fault only that that happens. But once we get right with God, as David did here, once he confessed his sin and allowed God to forgive him of his sin, then worship is a blessing. Worship is enjoyable. Worship is something that we look forward to doing. So we all have regrets. We all sin. We all make mistakes. So what do we need to do? Well, the first thing we need to do is, is to uh, consider our life and to consider if we have a relationship to God through Jesus Christ or not. If we don't, then we definitely need to repent of our sin, turn to Jesus, allow him to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness on the, uh, as a first step. And then secondly, as we sin as Christians, when we've already become someone uh, who has a relationship with, with God, we need to do the same thing. We need to confess our sin and cleanse us from all, let him cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Not in terms of trying to get into heaven, but to try to uh, restore that relationship with him, that feeling of a clean heart, that feeling of a, the joy of our salvation. Another thing we need to do is not look back. We all have regrets and we all need to confess our sins and allow God to cleanse us. And then we need to move forward. We don't need to live in the past. We need to live in the present with God looking to the future. And we can do that if we confess our sins and let him cleanse us from our unrighteousness. See, we need to take a, a clue from, from the business world. A business with losses either changes or 
closes. It either cuts its losses and moves forward or it sends good money after bad. What do we need to do? We need to turn to God, allow Him to cleanse us from our sin, and to feel the fellowship with Him that He is offering us through Jesus Christ. David made a huge mistake, and he may have deliberately made a terribly heinous choice of having a relationship as he did with Bathsheba. He certainly had a heinous choice to kill Uriah, Bathsheba's husband, to cover up the sin that David committed. But when he turned back to God, God is gracious to forgive him and to cleanse him and help him move forward in righteousness. That's the message of Psalm 51. And it's a message for all of us today. Thanks for listening. I'll be back soon with another portion of God's Word that we can consider together. Every blessing, I'm Chaplain Otis Corbett.